You're listening to Young Honest Mother, the podcast. Here, we'll chat about all things marriage, motherhood, and modern home economics, in all honesty. I'm your host, Maurice Young. Well, hello there, and welcome back for another solo show of Young Honest Mother, the podcast. We'll be wrapping up 2019 with these short and special episodes where I like to take a deep dive into topics that are currently weighing on my mind. And it's fun for me to mix these into the lineup for the show because they give me an opportunity to share more about my personal experience, whereas the interview episodes are more geared towards showcasing the lessons and the challenges and the joys that others have experienced. And so in today's episode, I'm opening up about a huge realization that I had after giving birth to my son Milo back in April of 2017. Okay, and actually saying that makes me realize I've never shared our birth story here, and that makes me curious. Do you like hearing those kinds of things? I personally listened to a lot of birth stories when I was pregnant with him because it helped me to better visualize what my own birth experience could look like. I did write a couple of blog posts, actually, that broach a lot of the epiphanies that I've had since then, and I'll link to those in the show notes so that you can check them out more easily. But maybe I will record a solo show about what my birth experience was like. We'll see, I guess. Okay, so back to the reason for today's episode. In retrospect, my postpartum experience was a bit of a rude awakening, and not in the ways that you might expect, certainly not in the ways that I expected. Um, And in all honesty, I'm still grappling with how to process many of the lessons that were unearthed after I delivered my son into the world. You know, I was born and raised in the United States of America, a country that claims to revere family values. And yet two and a half years later, here I am, and I still constantly find myself wondering, does America really value families? I recently came across an Instagram post by Rochelle Garcia-Saliga of innate traditions, and innate postpartum care. This post that I came across captures my sentiments so accurately that I'm actually going to read it right here and right now. And yes, I'll link to it in the show notes as well so that you can see it for yourself. So Rochelle writes, and I quote, Way of life. Within the evolving conversation of the postpartum period and the essentiality of postpartum care is the imperative of recognizing that the way we are collectively currently living is not supportive of maternal health and therefore not supportive of humanity. Collectively, we keep trying to fit into systems and structures that were not designed to support life, but rather were designed specifically to destroy life. The reason why the postpartum period has only recently resurged within the collective conscious, while pregnancy and birth resurgence slash remembrance has some years in, is because the postpartum period reveals the inherent dysfunction in all matters of modern society. To address the postpartum period is to address maternal health, which is to address children's health and family health. 
to address the postpartum period is to address the reality that we need an entire restructuring of how we are currently living in order for mothers, children, and families to thrive. We are addressing our way of life. Implicit to this restructuring in our lives, to ways that honor mothers, is revillaging. End quote. I mean, I read this caption to Rochelle's Instagram post, and I immediately felt a wave of knowing wash right over me. And the excerpt that struck me most profoundly is this, quote, the postpartum period reveals the inherent dysfunction in all matters of modern society, end quote. This, this is what I've been sensing, and here it is, so beautifully captured in Rochelle's words. And there are two main examples of this dysfunction that keep surfacing for me. And so in the rest of this episode, I'm going to share about those issues, chat about how they impact society, and then offer up some ideas for improvement. And of course, I want to hear from you. I want to hear what your thoughts are on how we can better support mothers and in turn better support families and in turn better support this modern society that we happen to find ourselves living in. Okay, so issue number one. At the time of this recording, the United States of America has no standardized paid parental leave. The USA is one of only two countries in the world, according to The Economist, that have no statutory national policy of paid maternity leave. The average member of the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, a club of mostly rich countries, offers new mothers 18 weeks of paid leave. So yeah, you heard that right. Along with Papua New Guinea, the USA is the only other country that does not mandate paid parental leave. So how does this impact modern society? Well, here are just a few examples. Mothers are often returning back to work before they've had the chance to heal physically and perhaps before they're emotionally ready. Why? Well, because they can't afford not to. According to Forbes, 25% of women in the U.S. have to go back to work in just two weeks to make ends meet. And while the 12 weeks of parental leave offered under the Family and Medical Leave Act, or FMLA, is a step in the right direction. It's also still pretty restrictive. The 12 weeks are unpaid, and it only applies to employees that have worked for their employer at least 12 months, for at least 1,250 hours over the past 12 months, and also work at a location where the company employs 50 or more employees within 75 miles. So the unpaid nature of This parental leave tends to steer parents towards taking less time away from the office after a new child arrives into the family. And according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics, in March of 2018, 17% of all civilian workers had access to paid family leave, and 89% had access to unpaid family leave. So there are many studies being conducted that are finding that shorter paid parental leave can be associated with things like an increase in perinatal mood disorders like postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety, 
It can also be associated with the decrease in breastfeeding duration, which can then be associated with the increase in health issues in infants and so on and so on. And so all of these factors and and more can sometimes lead to mothers opting out or feeling pushed out of the workplace. So if it's even remotely financially feasible, mothers may press pause on their careers to focus on raising their children, which then creates a void of female input and creativity in the workplace. And so it's all connected. I look at just this one example, something that I've personally experienced, something that you know many women around me are experiencing as they are contemplating starting families and um, pursuing their careers. And when it comes to the lack of paid parental leave, I'm just not seeing much evidence of how it is that America truly values families. Certainly something that we can all work on. And so on that note, a couple of ideas for improvement. So, of course, paid parental leave at the federal level would offer a huge reprieve for those considering having kids. It can help decrease employee turnover rates and improve morale amongst parents returning to the workplace and remaining a productive contributor to their employer. Another idea for improvement is just offering flexible schedules. So whether that's the opportunity for employees to set their own work hours to fit their lifestyle, or perhaps it's a gradual return to work and not just, okay, so you're on leave and boom, you're back into the workplace working 40 plus hours a week. Um, Maybe even some modified hours. Maybe you return back to work in a part-time manner to start. Um, before you ramp things up in a couple weeks after you've had time to get better adjusted to working in an office again, or even the option to work remotely. There are many ways that we can get creative here in many different industries to better support new parents during this extremely important and also challenging transitional time. So when it comes to re-entering the workforce after baby, what are your ideas for improvement? Take a screenshot of you listening to this episode and share your ideas with me on social media. And don't forget to tag me at Young Honest Mother so that I can see what your thoughts are. Okay, and issue number two. I'm going to stop here after this issue because honestly, there are many that come to mind and I don't want this episode to drone on and on and on. But It takes a village to raise both the child and the mother, and at the same time, that proverbial village has been slowly unraveling over, you know, past couple decades. So in American society, we've come to value independence and independent success more so than group or family success. It makes me think of that song, God Bless the Child That's Got His Own by Billie Holiday. And it just really, to me, that lyric, it represents the ethos of how we're all striving to establish our ourselves as separate entities from the families that we were born into. And many Americans are finding themselves not just physically, but also emotionally farther away from their 
their home base, their group support system. So how does this impact American families? Well, it minimizes the access to postpartum emotional support and reduces the likelihood that expectant mothers have witnessed a real-life example of how to navigate early postpartum and motherhood. It can lead to a decrease in honest conversations of what parenthood is really like, which for me personally led to me creating Young Honest Mother because I felt so betrayed in a way in not having the meaningful connections and conversations about this rite of passage. And being in isolation can often provide the perfect breeding ground for perinatal mood disorders. Just a general sense of loneliness and of not being supported. Plus, the unraveling of our villages ends up putting more responsibility and stress on the nuclear family or, you know, the parents themselves. And according to the Relationship Research Institute in Seattle, within three years of the birth of a child, approximately two-thirds of couples find that the quality of their relationship declines. And within five years of the birth of a first child, 13% of marriages end a divorce for couples who were married at the time of the child's birth. And to me, that just paints a picture of, of how much more of the burden the nuclear family is taking on when separated from the group, from the family, from that support system um, that could be in place to better distribute the, the duties, the roles, and the responsibilities that come with marriage, motherhood, and modern home economics. So a couple of ideas for improvement. The first one being hiring a doula. Doulas provide guidance and support to new parents, whether um, it's during the pregnancy or postpartum. And there are many different types of doulas, actually. And I've, I've featured a couple of doulas on Young Honest Mother, the podcast, because I see how much value they bring to the birth and the postpartum experience. So check out episode three with Emily Perrick and episode nine with Marilyn Moreau to hear more about how they're showing up to serve the birthing community. I think you'll find their stories to be extremely inspiring. And another idea for improving, you know, this unraveling village is actually a concept that Rochelle Garcia Saliga brings up in the Instagram caption that I quoted earlier. And that is the concept of re-villaging. So in the graphic that Rochelle created to accompany the caption, she defines re-villaging as learning to restructure our lives in ways that honor mothers. Because from there, if we are honoring the mother, then we're honoring the child. And if we're honoring the child, then we're honoring the family. And if we're honoring the family, then we are better able to positively contribute to our community and to our society at large. We've implemented a fundamental layer of support that extends throughout the family ties. So honoring mothers. I'll be honest, I like to daydream about what this would really look like because I dream of a day when a mother's contribution to society is exalted, 
rather than patronized. I may be just another stay-at-home mom, but the work that I've chosen to focus on affects society at large, period. I mean, there's, there's no question about that. So I'm curious, how do you envision revillaging within your own life? What would that look like for you? All right, so I'm going to wrap things up here for this episode. And um, like I said, this is a topic I could probably talk for hours about. So I'm going to spare you all of that rambling. But just know this is something that I am constantly not only thinking about, but I'm also reflecting on ways that I can positively contribute to remedying these issues. Because it goes beyond just what we do for our individual households. Everything is connected. And there are ways in which we could better step up to support mothers, to support children, to support families. And, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a disconnect in what our society claims to hold dear versus how things are actually playing out in practice. But I'm hopeful. I mean, having conversations like these, providing a safe space to have discussions in which we can dream about what things could look like if we truly valued families. I know that that's going to go a long way. And I know that, you know, this is one of the first steps towards making that dream into a reality. And that's it for this episode of Young Honest Mother, the podcast, which means it's time for you to join the conversation. Share your thoughts on social media and tag me at Young Honest Mother, and then pass this episode along to friends and family who need to know that they're not alone on this journey either. Until next time, I'm your host, Maurice Young.